0: In this episode of Desert Island Torah, we have the Zakhut of speaking to Dr. Ethan Zadoff, the principal of the DRS Yeshiva High School. Previously, he served as director of teaching and learning and chair of the history department at Frisch. Prior to his role at Frisch, Dr. Zadoff worked in both formal and informal Jewish education and non-profit management at Congregation Kehilat Yashurin, the Centre for Jewish History and the Association for Jewish Studies and, for four years, served as a visiting assistant professor in the Department of Hebrew Studies at Hunter College, City University of New York. Dr. Zadoff received his BA from YU, an MA from the Bernard Ravel Graduate School of YU, and an M.Phil and PhD from the City University of New York Graduate Center. Thank you so much, Dr. Zadol, for joining us today. It's a real pleasure to have you with us.
1: Uh, it's great to be here. Thank you so much. Uh, I'm excited uh, to be here and to talk uh, to talk Torah. Uh, so thank you for having me.
0: So it's Desert Island Tara. Three pieces of Tara that you would take to a desert island. What do they mean to you? Why are they so important to you? Really looking forward to learning and finding out your three pieces. So if we jump right in, should we go with your first piece?
1: Absolutely amazing. Um yeah, and, and I uh the first piece is uh is from is from the Torah itself. Um and this is something that, that has spoken to me for, for a long time. It's a it's a piece that's focusing on issues related to to character about responsibility uh and making making hard choices. Um and uh when i learned this first piece and, and i'll be honest it's a it's a relatively short piece of torah but it says and it speaks a lot and it speaks to me i think in a very in a very deep way um and, and it's a, it's a comment that the nitziv makes um in ha um on the story really the first story that we um that we see of of moshe Rabbeinu, where moshe has agency where moshe decides to actually to or moshe Takes action and makes and makes a choice. Um, it, it's a comment that, that the Nativ makes um, in parak bed of of sefer shemot. Um, the story, of course, of Moshe Rabenu, um, where Moshe grows up and he goes out. Um, he goes out. Um, uh, he goes out. Um, and of course, what does Moshe see when he goes out to um, to the field? He sees an Egyptian. Um, beating um a, a one of his kinsmen. It says Ish Um this is the first time that we really see Moshe have agency. This is the first time that we see Moshe actually um take take any kind of action. He is being described obviously in Parak Aleph and action is happening to him, but now he's actually taking action and he has a decision to make. In uh, and the very next Pasuk, um, famously Ish. He strikes the Egyptian. He hides him in in the sands. And then the story goes on um, where he goes out the next day and he sees two of the Jews fighting um, and he asks, why are you why are you fighting? Um, they respond back to him um uh, why or why are you what, what makes you better than us basically um, according to Rashi this is dathan and aviram who are questioning Moshe um, about his intentions um but going back to that that second pasuk um, this is it, it's somewhat problematic um, because, in essence, Moshe sees what's going on here. He takes decisive action and he strikes down the Egyptian. It's it's somewhat, at least, it raises a question. It's problem. It's problematic, and it's it's a little bit difficult to understand. Um, but the Netziv on this pasuk he he says something very simple, very very short, but I think speaks speaks volumes. Um, when the Torah says "Vayachet Hamitzri," the Hamak Davar, the Netziv. He says the following brings the quote from famously from Pirkei Avos, from Perekbed of Pirkei Avos, where where there isn't somebody who stands up. Um, Moshe Rabbeinu stood up. Moshe Rabbeinu saw here. He saw wrong. He saw something that needed. Action. He saw something that he, in his heart, in his mind, he felt was was wrong, um, and he had to make a choice, and he had to make a difficult choice. And the choice that he made was to stand up. The choice that he made was to take a stand. The choice that he made here was to be responsible for his fellow for his fellow Jew. Um, that's not an easy choice to make, um, but when no one is making that choice. When no one is making that decision, when no one is standing up, we have the responsibility to stand up, and I think that's what the Nitziv is saying here. Um, the Nitziv is saying here, I think, that Moshe saw that there was a vacuum, that no one was standing up, no one was doing the right thing, no one was was w- w- was standing for what should have been what should have been right, and and Moshe said, "I'm going to stand up, and I am going to do what's right." Um, and it, this is a tough call because the Torah tells us that. Um, he strikes down an Egyptian and he buries him. Um, that's a tough call to make. That's a tough stand to make. And Moshe pays a price for it. He's forced to flee Mitzrayim. He's forced to flee Egypt. Paro wants to kill him. He makes a huge sacrifice for making this choice. But when he saw a wrong, when he saw that something needed to happen, when he saw that someone needed to stand up, he stood up. Um, and this speaks to me in a in a really, really deep way. Um it, it speaks to me in a really deep way when we see a wrong, when we see there's something that needs to be um that, that needs to be dealt with, where we, we need to roll up our hands, when no one is taking responsibility, where no one is taking initiative, where no one is saying, This is mine and I believe in something, it's our responsibility to do so. It's our responsibility to take that step. Um, Even when the circumstances are difficult, even when we know there's going to be backlash, even when, as in the case of Moshe Rabbeinu here, he literally has to flee from his homeland because Paro is coming after him, Paro wants to kill him, and he has to flee in order to save himself. Um, It's a huge undertaking, it's a huge responsibility, um, but it speaks to the character that we need to have. Um, and for me this has really guided me myself in 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 my life um this has guided the the actions that I take where I see something that needs to happen where I see a wrong where I see there needs to be um leadership um uh, I walk into that and I I walk into that position and for me it, it's a guiding it's a guiding light um for how I approach um, my own life for how um, I approach um, my own my own actions. obviously, we're talking about an extreme case with Moshe here. Um, but I think I think that's the point that in, even in an extreme case when the repercussions are huge, we have that responsibility. we have that. we have to take that initiative. Um, and, and it, it's a principle for me. it's a guiding light for me. we have to be that person we have to stand up and do and do what's right.
0: Absolutely great message and I guess it connects to Pirakri Avot if not now when um really important so should we go into your second piece
1: sure absolutely um so the second piece that I have uh to share um comes from the Talmud it comes from the Gemara um but it comes from the Rosham um uh Rushalmi is not often a uh, a text that is that is studied um but um the uh, yoshami has some some powerful powerful messages um and um powerful powerful stories so um the the piece that i want to share is really a beautiful torah and it's, it's a beautiful torah that works on on multiple on multiple levels um it's Rushalmi that comes from um Asecha Brachot. um it's in the earlier uh, part of the First, um, uh, the first chapter of Masachet Brachut, um, it, it's a story that that comes about through a, a discussion, um, of the meaning of of what Ayel Tashachar means, um, and and. Um, it's a story that's. It's, it's a message that comes across in this in this halachic discussion. The the Yushalmi is talking about and trying to define what Ayat Hashachar means. What does it? Mean, what does Ayalt Hashachar mean? What is? When does that happen? Um, how do we know that Ayat Hashachar is taking place? And obviously the implications here um, for uh, Ayat Hashachar um, are for saying Kriyat and for starting being able to um, uh, to to daven in the morning. Um, so. What does it mean? What does Ayel Tashachar actually mean? How do we describe it? Um, Yerushalmi tells us um, what is Ayel Tashachar. Um, 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 It's like two double horns of light that arise from the east and give light. Um, That's what Ayel Tashachar is: two double horns of light that arise from the east. And give light. and to explain what this means, um, the Yerushalmi illustrates this with a with a narrative, with a little bit of a of a story. Um, so the the Yerushalmi tells us that. Um, and they were taking a walk um in uh, in around the um the valley of arbel um before morning and as they were walking they saw ayal tashachar, and they saw um the Ayel tash they saw the shachar that was radiating before them that was coming up before them um and then we have a a statement here which is which is just beautiful and, and i think speaks Speaks to to us in a lot of different ways now. Uh, Rabbi Chia, Rabbi Shimon ben Chalafta kach he gula tan Yisrael, betchila kima kima kolma shehi holachet kiv ravah veholachet. Uh, Rabbi Chia says to Rabbi Shimon bar Chalafta, um this will be the this will be the gula of Yisrael. What we see in front of us, the light coming up, this is going to be what the gula of Israel looks like. What does that mean? It starts out very little, and it grows and it grows and it gets longer and it gets longer. And then the Yerushalmi goes into a little bit of understanding how we see this and how this manifests. My timea ki eshev Bachosha Hashem orli. Quotes a pasuk, quotes a pasuk from Micha, um, that um, when I dwell in darkness, Hashem, the Lord, is my light. That I might be sitting in darkness, but Hashem, God, is going to light, is my light moving forward. And the manifestation, how we see that happening, what does that mean that God is our light? Um, yoshami tells us. Cain Batchila, Mordechai Yoshe Bashar Melech, he quotes very, it quotes the story basically of Migilat Astaire. U'mordechai yoshev v'shar ha-melech. V'yachar kach v'yikach ha-man et ha-levush v'yat ha al-shar ha-melech. V'yachar lifnei ha-melech v'levush machut. V'yachar kach v'yadim ha o You look at how Migilat Astaire, you look at how Migilat um how it plays out. Mordechai is first sitting in the king's gate. Um, and then we have the story of Haman. Haman takes the garments and the horse. And then we see later on what happens to Mordechai. He returns to the king's gate. Um, Mordecai comes back um, and he's wearing the lavush of the king. He's wearing the clothes of, of the king. And then what happens after that? The Jews had light and joy. What happens over the course of Miglata Esther is exactly what happens in the Gula of Israel. It starts very little. We start in darkness, and over the course of time, it grows, it grows, it grows, and it just gets even lighter. Um, it's a beautiful Torah to think about the Gula of Israel, the redemption of Israel um, as Ayel Tashachar Kima Akima. It comes to us very little, and it grows and it grows. Um, it's beautiful, and I think it works, and I think it speaks to us on multiple levels. It speaks to us to think about Netzach Yisrael, um, the strength of, of Am Yisrael, um, that over the course of our long, long history, we've experienced darkness. And over the course of history, we've come into light slowly, slowly. And obviously, over the last 75 years with Medinat Yisrael, it's been even starker that light, and even clearer. Come kima, kima. And obviously with the matzab now in Eretz Yisrael, the war in Eretz Yisrael and the situation that exists now, thinking about it, this is a very dark time. It, it, we feel, we feel that we're in darkness. Our brothers and sisters in Eretz Yisrael, many of them are feeling in darkness. But we have to know, we have to remember that what is the gula? How is the gula going to look like? It's going to come about kima akima. It's going to come about very, very slowly. This Torah works beautifully on a on a on a on the level of, of Am Israel in thinking about the nature of Am Israel, thinking about the nature of Netzach Israel, in thinking about how we move forward, but it also works beautifully on an individual level, um, on the level of a person, on the level of, of each of us. Because often we can feel like we're living in darkness. Often we can feel that the darkness is overwhelming. Often we can feel that we don't see, we don't have that light in front of us. Um, and yet, and this is, I think, the Yerushalmi does this purposefully, the proof texts, the support that it uses to tell us that the gula comes kima kima, it isn't just a national gula it is a national gula, but it isn't only a national gula um, the Ushami is explicit about using the story of Esther, the story of redemption that the Jews experienced talks about in the, the 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 proof text the psukim here are about Mordechai Mordechai is sitting um in the Shar HaMelech. Mord- Mordechai undergoes the difficulties Mordechai is the one who and and, and Mordechai is the one who experiences the the wrath of Haman who refuses to bow down and experiences the wrath of Haman um, and yet what happens to Mordechai as he persists as he continues as he goes on um, he comes back to the, he comes back into the story where he's wearing the levush hamachutz where he's coming and he's in royal garbs where he's being paraded around all of Shushan and then the end of that the conclusion of that is la hayta or simcha through that. And through that process, there is the ge'ulah, there is the redemption. Um, and so the ge'ulah exists certainly on the national level, but also on the individual level. We find ourselves, we we, we sometimes find ourselves in that darkness. And we have to be reminded that the ge'ulah is going to come kima akima. It's going to come, it's going to come at first in a little way, and then it's going to spread and it's going to get, and it's going to get bigger. Um, I often think about this. I often think about this Torah. Um, I think about this Torah in the context of, of the Klal, of Am Yisrael, um, of the difficulties that we sometimes go through, the difficulties that we go through as sometimes as, as a divided Am, with all of the difficulties that we face, both in Chutz Arts and in Eretz Yisrael. And the reality is that we've seen these divides over the last year plus, um, both in Chutz Arts and in Eretz Yisrael. Um, And especially now as we're going through this very difficult situation um, and those of us in Chutzla are feeling a sense of despair, not being able to do everything we want to for our brothers and sisters in Eretz Yisrael. And certainly many of our brothers and sisters in Eretz Yisrael are feeling this darkness and having to go through the pain and having to go through the suffering. I think, and for me, um, it, it, I have to remind myself that the Gula comes kima akima. Um, and keeping that into in our perspective is very, for me, it's heartening. Um, in understanding that, even when even when I'm in the darkness, um, as the as the pasuk in Micha um uh, says, um, um, Hashem is is the light. Um, we're always striving for for that light
0: beautiful piece of torah um beautiful message and so relevant to the time we're in so should we move into your piece
1: sure absolutely um so the third piece of torah um is a little more philosophical um it's a little more philosophical it's a little um it, it's a, another beautiful piece of Torah, but it's a little more philosophical um and it speaks to it speaks to me for a number of reasons um but it speaks to to the questions of faith um um it speaks to the question of what does it mean to have faith what does it mean to know that i have faith um what does faith mean at at all um and the reason why this speaks to me especially is is with all of the questions that that we face particularly in the 21st century the questions and the problems that um, that postmodernism, um, that the current moment posts posts to us. Um, what does it mean to know something? What does it mean to have pure faith? What does it mean that I have pure and complete faith in in God? Um, this is a, a question which is a challenging question. To, is a challenging question today um, in in the twenty first century, where we're constantly being bombarded. Um, with with relativism and with um with challenges to what we think to what we know is is true. Um, and so the the Torah that I want to share really addresses this question of faith. It addresses this question of the meaning of faith. Um, in in the world in the world today. Um, this Torah is a Torah of Rabbi Nachman. Um, from the beginning of Sichot Haran, uh, it comes through and via the words, the ideas of Rav Shagar, and and I'll I'll quote from both of them as I um and speak about both of them as I go through this piece. And it's the first piece in C in Shichot Haran. Um, and so in Sichot Haran Ibinachman um begins by quoting um a pasuk from Tehillim, ki, ani adati, ki gadol Hashem elokim. for I know but Hashem is great, um, our God above all others. Um, the the words um kiania is where Rabbi Nachman picks up, um, on um on this pasuk on this pasuk here. Um, Rabbi Nachman tells us David Hamelch Chalav Ashlam ania dati daika. Um, when David Hamelech is writing these words into hillim. he's writing ania dati. I know. I alone know. What Rabbi Nachman tells us is that the vision of of God, the vision of God's greatness cannot be shared. Um, We might have a vision, I might have a vision, you might have a vision, um, but we can't share it. the ki Today you might be inspired. You might see something new. You might be inspired today. But tomorrow, you might not be able to communicate it even if you know yourself. Even to yourself, you might not be able to communicate it. And therefore, David HaMelech says, Ki I know as I am right now. What inspired you yesterday, you might not be able to put to words today. What inspired you last week may not be able to work for you today, sitting in this moment. Adati right now. And Rabbi Nachman says, you look at the following pasuk in Tehillim. Um we see this distinction and we see a major distinction Re'nahman says vi amar shema shekatzu vacharav the next passage can in, into hillam call asher chafit shema sha ba shamayim all that god wants he does in the heaven and the earth hu inyan acher lagamrei varachuk gamrei mishevach kianiyadati this is something completely different this is com- something completely different than aniadati that i know and can go no further because words are simply not adequate. Um, and he ends this section by saying, A perception of God, an understanding of God, faith, cannot be communicated. It is so much higher. It is so lofty. It is higher than high that words cannot express it. Um, Rav Shagar picks up on this. And Rav Shagar picks up on on this Torah from Rabbi Nachman and talking about um, what does it mean to have faith? What does it mean to express faith in a world where objective knowledge and objective ideas are being questioned? What does it mean that I know that God exists? Um, And... Rav Shagar says, in in Rabbi Nachman's perception, in Rabbi Nachman's creation here, um, faith is not a public language, um, and in fact, it's not even even a language at all. Um, it's a sense, it's a perception, and that's why it's difficult to express to depict. One's, one's faith. Um, Rav Shagar goes on and talks about how there's always going to be something that's unspoken, something that's mysterious that, that cannot be revealed. And to try to reveal it is almost like a violation of the intimacy of faith. Um, this is the faith of the individual, It's not the faith of the collective. It's not the faith of the um together. Um, It's the faith of the individual, um, where not only is faith not a public language that I want to share, that I can't even share with somebody else but it's not even a language at all. We can't even express it. Um, it is so high. It is so, so much loftier. Um, and what I've experienced and how I understand it and how I perceived it last week, yesterday, last hour, may not be the way that I understand it, perceive it, construct it right now. And so to think about what it means to have faith today, to think about how I express faith today um. Very often, or or sometimes, and and, and I'm a, a high school principal and and working with teenagers, and and one of the questions they often have, and we often talk about in the context of faith, is well, how do I know that God exists? Prove that God, prove to me that God exists. Um, you're telling me I'm learning, I'm learning all of this Torah every day. I'm davening Shachris and Mincha here in school every single day, but how do I know that God exists? Um, And to answer that question is impossible. Um, To answer that question with the proof is impossible. And and that's exactly what Rabbi Nachman is telling us. Rabbi Nachman is telling us that to be able to prove it, to be able to even use language to be able to prove it, is impossible. Um, Now, how do we get to this point? How do we get to this point of understanding, um, of being able to perceive um, and to experience that's a whole different path, and and it's a whole it's a whole different path and a whole different discussion to be to be had. Um, I think this is a powerful message in thinking about um what does it mean to have faith today? How do I express my faith? Um, and I think the the message to take away here from Rabbi Nachman and from what Rav Shagar is telling us is we don't have to. We don't have to make it public. We can't even make it public. Faith is something that is so personal. That is so embedded within each and every single one of us. It's up to us to understand it. It's up to us to perceive it. It's up to us to construct us. Um, I'll tell you, and, and I'll finish with this. That's um, a it's a massively difficult message to give, um, especially to teenagers, um, and it's a difficult message to teach. Um, but I think it speaks to the moment of where we are today in our in our world in thinking about the nature and thinking about the meaning of what faith of what faith is today.
0: Absolutely. A really important um ending. And thank you so much for coming on today and sharing really important and inspiring Torah with us.
1: I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure.
0: Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Desert Island Torah. Feel free to share our podcast with family and friends so that we can reach out to Amisra. And if you enjoyed that episode, please feel free to download and subscribe. And if you want to discuss your own Desert Island Torah, get in touch at desertislandtorah at gmail.com. Thank you again for listening.